Chapter thirty five of Joan Thursday by Lewis Joseph Vance. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. When, after a long and tedious voyage over a sea as flat as a plate and unflawed by a single cooling drift of air, the steamboat was made fast to the end of the long iron pier which juts out from the flat low coast of coney island its passengers rose en masse and crowded toward the gangways joan and fowey attempting to hang back until the crowd had thinned out sufficiently to enable them to go ashore in comfort were caught in the swirl of it and swept along willy-nilly once on the pierhead the multitude had more elbow-room and spread out the main body streaming headlong shorewards keen set for the delights promised by the two great amusement parks which had grown up in the heart of that frontier settlement of gin mills dance halls side shows eating houses and dives unspeakable joan and fowey followed more at their leisure constraint and silence between them like a wall the girl was deeply disappointed with the expedition as far as it had gone doubting whether anything better would follow and still laboring under that unaccountable depression which had settled down upon her spirits at sight of quard on the new bedford boat fowey no less disgusted was puzzled by his companion's attitude at once tolerant and aloof keenly watchful for an opening through which to pursue his conquest and wondering how it would end if she were simply bent on tantalizing him again for her own amusement he swore angrily but inaudibly near the shore end of the pier they delayed to watch the antics of the hundreds of bathers churning the shallows in front of huge and hideous bathing establishments in countless numbers they dotted the sea like flies and darkened the sun-baked unclean sands into which their feet had trodden the wreckage of ten thousand lunches fowey said something inexpressibly cynical about the resemblance of the scene below to a congregation of bacilli crawling upon a slide beneath a microscope joan heard without response either vocal or mental she resented bitterly the superior attitude adopted by her companion for her part she would have asked nothing better than to mingle with the throng and taste those crude pleasures so dear to its simple heart and had she but dared admit it to her own but she had fowey to live up to very heartily she regretted the impulse which had dictated her invitation she had been far happier alone though it would have been strange had she been suffered to remain long alone by the time they left the pier the evening was so far advanced that the myriad lights of the tawdry town were flashing into being they debouched into a roaring mob which filled the wide avenue from curb to curb packed so densely though in constant motion that trolley cars and automobiles forced a way through it only at a snail's pace and with great difficulty encouraged by the excessive heat which rendered town intolerable to all who had the means to escape it the weekend swarming had begun in all sincerity in spite of the terrific congestion which already obtained in all the streets and avenues and beaches 
piers amusement parks catchpenny shows saloons and restaurants scarcely a minute passed without the arrival at some one of the trolley terminals of a car packed to the guards with more visitors a good-natured if rowdy mob for the most part with only a minimum element of the downright vicious in its composition it was none the less bent on amusement in its cheapest form that is to say at somebody else's expense it gathered thickest round the places of free entertainment where acrobats performed on open-air stages or crawled upon high invisible wires or where slides were supplied gratis for public diversion grinning always but howling with delight when treated to real misadventure as when some girl negotiating a bamboo slide upon a grass mat her skirts wrapped tight about her would lose balance and shoot headlong sprawling to the level the greater the exposure the greater the diversion nor was fowey permitted to escape unteased his conspicuous clothing and the broad black ribbons dangling from his horn-rimmed glasses were too tempting to be resisted once his panama was smashed down over his eyes and his glasses were so frequently jerked by their moorings from his nose that he was fain at length to pocket them and poke owlishly along at joan's guidance dazzled to blindness by those ten million glaring bulbs which lifted up tier upon tier against the blank purple skies deafened by an indescribable cacophony of bands organs bells horns human tongues incessantly clattering suffering acutely from the collective heat of the multitude added to that of the still and muggy night buffeted and borne hither and yon at the will of the mass they contrived in the end to engage an open horse-drawn vehicle of the type colloquially known in those days as low-neck hack and ordered themselves driven to the manhattan beach hotel when presently they had gained the darkling peace of a long road between marshlands fowey resumed with his glasses his hateful cynicism that was considerable treat all right he said pensively glad you liked it joan replied with the curtness of chagrin we'll go back and have some more after dinner he suggested thanks i've had plenty no but really he insisted we haven't seen half of it oh shut up her anger was real and when he would have mollified the girl with soft words and an arm that sought to steal round her waist she repeated her injunction with added coarseness and struck his hand away with a force that he felt in spite of this he schooled himself to patience dinner served perfunctorily by a weary waiter and consumed upon the veranda of the hotel at a table the best they could command far removed from the comparative coolness and ease of those beside the railing did little if anything to modify joan's temper she who had set out believing herself the happiest of mortals to spend an evening of real enjoyment felt utterly wretched and forlorn moment by moment her distaste for fowey was gaining strength she was put to it to listen to his bragging and to make response civilly she did not relish her food her company or her surroundings and an utter ennui 
tried to stimulate herself with her favorite brand of sweet champagne insisting on another bottle when they had emptied one between them it served only to stimulate a fictitious gaiety in her one swift to wane for all this she was reluctant to contemplate going home anything were preferable to that at least until she could feel reasonably sure of finding hattie abed and asleep they finished their meal at an hour too late to make it worth while to patronize one of the open-air entertainments with which she had promised herself diversion and since she would neither go home nor at fowey's mischievous suggestion return to coney island they moved to another table nearer the railing and whiled away one more hour listening to the band music over their cigarettes and liqueurs toward eleven o'clock joan suddenly announced that she was sick of it all and ready to go fowey revived his preference for a motor-car and got his way against scanty opposition in a saner humour joan would have stuck to her original plan as it was she accepted the motor-ride with neither gratitude nor graciousness curiously enough once established in the car her hat off the swift rush of night air cooling her moist brows her head resting back against the cushions she permitted fowey to repeat his ardent love-making which had made their previous ride together memorable her dislike of him was no less thorough-paced but had passed from an active to a passive stage she was at once too indifferent to resist him and so bored that she welcomed anything that promised excitement she suffered his kisses confident in her power to control him and drew a certain satisfaction from reminding him now and again forcibly that there were limits to her toleration but for the most part she lay in his arms in passive languor her eyes half closed and tried to forget him or rather to believe him someone else one whose embraces she could have welcomed when they came to lighted streets she bade fowey behave and would not permit him even so slight a lapse from decorum as that of holding hands she sat up rearranging the disorder of her hair adjusted her hat surreptitiously restored the brilliance of her lips with a stick of rouge the man drew back sullenly into his corner fuming at her door dismissing the car he followed her up to the stoop joe he began angrily she turned back from using her latch-key with a wondering childlike stare yes hubert she inquired with hidden malice you're not you're not going to send me off like this why not she demanded with fine assumption of simplicity it's awful late fowey seized her wrist now listen to me joan broke his grasp with little or no effort silly boy she said do you really want to come in and visit a while before you say good-night her look was false with a winning softness fowey stammered you you know then come along she said with a laugh and turning fled lightly before him up the darkened stairway she had opened the door to the tiny private hallway of the flat when he overtook her panting she paused with a warning finger to her lips Shh, she warned don't wake hattie 
he swore viciously discountenanced and she laughed and leaving the door wide went on into the small sitting dining-room meanly exulting in the discomfiture she had planned knowing quite well that he had either forgotten hattie or believed her to be spending this weekend out of town as before in the act of lighting the gas she heard the door close and saw fowey come white and shaken into the room hush she said gaily i'll make sure she isn't awake removing her hat she passed on into the adjoining bedroom and stopped short with a sensation of sinking dismay the room was empty the bed she shared with hattie untouched so much was visible in the faint light entering through windows that opened on a well wondering joan struck a light its first glimmer revealed to her the fact that hattie's trunk was gone the flare of the gas-jet disclosed greater changes in the aspect of the room due to the disappearance of hattie's toilet articles and knick-knacks hattie had left bag and baggage had gone for good but why had she discovered joan's treachery or what had happened and in her surprise and perplexity the girl was conscious anew of that sense of loneliness she had been afraid to return to the one whom she had betrayed so lightly but now she was afraid to be without her going back to the adjoining room she found fowey standing beside the table and with a slight smile examining a sheet of paper i found this lying here he announced handing it over didn't realize it was anything until i'd read half of it his smile was again confident bright with premature pride of conquest but joan didn't heed it she was reading rapidly what had been written swiftly and in a sprawling hand upon the half-sheet of note-paper by rights i ought to stay until you come back whenever you have the cheek to and tell you what i think of you i saw b e this evening and he told me all about it but i want never to see you again the rent's paid up till next wednesday then you can stick or get out i don't care which and i wish you joy of your bargain h m you've been scrapping with hattie eh joan heard fowey say in an amused voice without answering she let the sheet of paper fall to the table and stood with head bowed in thought suffering acutely the humiliation inspired by hattie's contemptuous dismissal what was the trouble fowey pursued not that i'm sorry oh nothing much joan interrupted we just had a difference of opinion and she had to fly off the handle like this it doesn't matter it matters to me fowey announced significantly now joan looked up for the first time appreciating her position oh she said blankly fowey was advancing with extended arms she raised a hand to fend him off don't she begged please don't i can't you must go now of course i'm sorry good night he paused and she saw his face pale and working with passion his small eyes blazing behind their thick lenses his hands clenched by his sides but not tightly the fingers twitching nervously his whole body trembling and shaken beyond control she was conscious of an incongruous unnatural inexplicable feeling of pity for him 
please be a good boy she pleaded and go away no i'm damned if i do you ask me up here i know now just to tease me but that's no good i won't go he advanced another pace his tone and manner changing oh joan joan he begged don't treat me so cruelly you know i'm mad about you doesn't that mean anything to you more than a chance to torment me my god what kind of a woman are you i can't stand this flesh and blood couldn't i'm only human all this week i've kept away from you simply because i realized what you were what am i joan cut in quickly fowey choked again with a gesture of impotent exasperation you he almost shouted you're the woman i love and who's driving me mad mad i tell you hubert you mean that you really love me you know i do you know i'm crazy about you haven't you seen it from the first hesitating joan experienced a sense of one in deep waters there was a sound as that of distant surf in her ears all through her body pulses were throbbing madly she struggled still a little instinctively but fowey advantaged himself of that instant of indecision he held her in his arms now her face was stinging beneath his kisses almost unconsciously she lifted her arms and clasped them round his neck drawing his face to hers you poor kid she murmured fondly her eyes closed you poor kid End of chapter 35